Hola, hola, que tal? It's Isusko, aka the time scheduler. Um, and welcome to what's going to be, I hope, one of many, but it's the first case study week where we're just going to look at a project or a film um, or a company for the full five days. And this week we've been blessed with London based production company Familia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we just got some amazing chats for you. So, I'm going to double out in the intro one of the director's shout outs, which is POC, P-O-C-C, um, and I'm going to read this, but it was founded in 2018 as a small WhatsApp group, which has now grown to a community of culture created by people of colour to help people of colour positively change their experience within the creative industries. Um, so it's an amazing shout. So go to wearepoc.com. And now let's get started. Let's get started. So. Ladies and gents, film family, it's Familia Week. We've got the third part of the trinity um, of the team who I had the privilege and the pleasure of watching on set and just making us laugh. The, this fucking coolest brother in showbiz. Smooth. It's just fucking smooth. And we were just talking offline. It was like, you know, the amount of runners that you get that come up and, and have that idea and and concept of thought about wanting to be a director, but actually don't ever really put their best foot forward and never really go for it. Well, here's the third one of the three who I know and I love. So I'm going to stop because it's not about me. What's your name and what's your role on the call sheet? Hey, um, Yuziska, thanks, man. That was quite an intro. I feel a bit moved. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been great. My name's Craig Moore. I'm a director and partner at a production company in London called Familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I love making films. I surf, uh, make hats, also like doing that. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, really happy to be where I am today and having met the people I have, and it's been a wild ride. Yeah, man. So what does, I guess, there's because there's, there's like the two kind of hats that you wear, the directing and the, and the company owner. Let's deal with the creative side first. So what does being a director mean to you? I mean, being a director, you're, you're, you're a visual storyteller and uh, you're tasked with bringing an idea to life, putting it on screen. And I think there's a lot of responsibility because there's so many ways that that can turn out. So being a director enables you to use your resources, your mind, your processes, your, your colleagues, um, not use them as such, but collaborate with them mm-hmm. and to bring something to life. So it's actually an exciting realm to be in. Uh, it's changing, you know. It, from being a runner to shooting the types of film or executing content, um, you know, the landscape's changing. I, I like change. I think it, it drives me. I like being out of my comfort zone. I like being able to come up with certain things of how to present a film. I think, the old, you know, the old TVC, it's a great medium, but it's also, there's so much more to it nowadays when you create content, when you get onto set and you shoot, um, your mind can go anyway. And that's normally from the pitch stage, but also just talking to people and, uh, whether it be a DP or even someone like yourself, an AD, you know, there's so many uh, avenues you can take a certain shot or, or something. And yeah, I think being a director is just, it's a great, I love it because you've got that energy around you. You've got um, the responsibility and the challenges that present themselves with the medium, but it's just a great place to bring ideas to life. Like what starts with what might be a shot or a scene or a still image is like, how do you get into that and how do you get out of that? And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So tell us, because it, it did fit like, 
all everyone's stepping up and everyone was coming up and I kind of looked around. And it was like someone on playback was one of the boys. You were up front directing. Someone else was doing this. Someone else was doing that. Did, did that kind of apprenticeship, for want of a better word, of running, has that molded you as you as the director you are, or have you just always been that kind of relaxed on a set? Um, geez, you've obviously caught me on good days because uh, I mean, <laughs> I do come across as relaxed and chilled, but uh, there's certainly moments where the heat is on. I think that's for every department. Mm-hmm. Um, there is there does come a point where the heat is on, but yeah, I think yeah, it has been an interesting road up. I think having been a runner and you know, did you, do, through, did you go to uni? Did you do anything like that? Is that what, what was it? Let, what, I, let's just start from the beginning. Then, what was it? What was the initial opening of the door? What was the start of your, you know, wanting to be a director career? Music videos always had me. They were just like the coolest thing. I remember, that, you know, going studying at university. I was playing in bands. I was playing music as a singer songwriter, just doing my thing. I've always played guitar, and I loved. I loved the Green Day videos, or you know, old school directors like Chris Cunningham. And, what they were doing on MTV, um, it just was, I, I naively thought at that stage that I wanted to write the ideas for music videos uh, without realizing that the director actually does that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was, okay, cool. I need to get into this. I'm gonna write the ideas for videos and then kind of see someone bring it to life on screen. And- um, So like, as if writing a script, you know, being like a script writer, but more of a creative script writer for promos. Is that where you thought? Yeah, you I guess play? so. Like looking at how um, a director collaborates or a production company collaborates with an agency. You know, first there's a brief, even a label with a music video. They they send a brief. So I think now having a, a better understanding of how the mechanics work, that's probably where I might have gone if I'd known um, the whole layers and the hierarchy and how it all works. But mm. you know, as I say, I mean, I, I was in South Africa at the time, so there was a non-existent music video industry. Um, let alone a film industry, which is primarily based on service, which was Cape Town. Mm. So there wasn't a lot of local content or places to gain experience in the industry. But yeah, I just, I was like, I want to do this. And I, I realized that the best place for that was London, London, so, or overseas, not South Africa, but London I'd been to, I'd spent a summer there visiting some friends and I loved it. And I think that started my, my journey there. So as soon as I finished studying, um, I tried, yeah, I made every move to try to get to London and that's when I got into running. So that's kind of was the start of the process and the journey. Nice. And then you've kind of decided that's it. I'm going to London. How'd you get on? A, how did you get on that first job? What was the contact? Who was that person that opened up the door to you? Uh, it would have to be Chris Kelly. Yeah. Legend. I remember. Yeah. Legend. Um, he's been so good to me and, and you know, his team, that was that he had um, Adam Farley. I think Adam, Adam's producing at the mill now. Mm-hmm. Um, his EP there had uh, Will Nichols, Dave Calland, Legends, um, Gabby Levine. It was just a. It was just a. It was such a fun time. It it felt like film school. You know, being on set, it did feel like film school. But obviously, you were getting paid, so you were making a bit of money. Um, you know, you're on the bottom of the payroll, but using your contacts as your currency which i did you know i was always nice to people i kind of worked hard um made a good impression and yeah when i when you know the crew specifically you know the people that i was on jobs like the old morrison's jobs with outsider it was such a tight-knit crew and they were all good to me and giving 
like when they realized I had directing aspirations, they were very supportive. You know, I wanted to shoot something, they were like, cool, we can borrow this, like, come pick it up. You know, I just have to do a lot of driving around before we actually had a call time for a shoot. You get up at like <laughs> 3 a.m. to go pick up monitors from Paul Tag and then come back down this way to pick up camera or some grip equipment from Pete Nash. And you're like, yeah, just eventually you get to set and you feel like, you know, it's seven in the morning or six in the morning and you've had a half a day already. And then it's like, take that cap off, put this one on. But yeah, it's, it's what, we, what we have to do. I think you have to make the most of that. But it's mm. just a really cool environment. Um, it was fun. You know, the characters you meet, all those people are just brilliant. Such a colorful cast of characters in the film industry. Uh, makes you realize how lucky we are. What did you, you know, working on a set with, a, you know, with just someone at the top of their game like Chris Kelly, what do you learn on those kind of sets as a runner? Man, I was lucky because Chris was in, he was working with some really cool companies like Partizan and um, with Michael Gracie and Jake Narver, um, Dougal Wilson at Blink. You know, there was some cool stuff, Ewan Threlford, Outsider. So he was, you know, he was on set with those guys and I was able to learn and we had a lot of fun. Just Chris's nature, um, you felt like, you, you know, you're part of his family, his team and you're up on the front line and you'd talk to you like you'd talk to anyone. And... You know, I think the directors kind of shared that affiliation and, and kind of just warm to you if you were, had a certain confidence, not not arrogance, but it was just a fun vibe. And I was able to learn, you know, even whilst doing my jobs and making teas and helping certain departments, you're just able to learn and, and ask questions to the from the right people, like whether it be Chris or whether it be a producer or someone. Um, you know, the director it was very much a case of not getting in the way. It wasn't like that, but if mm. you were able to, still do your job would be close enough to see what was doing and if you're even close enough to hear the decision making and the conversations that take place on set i think it's a it's a great place to learn you understand why in a lot of you know areas like why there's certain choices or why do they want to go for another take is it because it's a performance thing or was the camera not moving quick enough do they want to do it again because of this is a client thing but i think there was um a real interest from me to kind of just you know, just inch closer to kind of hear those conversations, which ultimately was a huge learning and a huge lesson for me to be able to be in that vicinity. And was it always directing? I think so. I mean, directing is a lot. It's, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you can't, you've got to work on your reel first. I think there were times when I, I was, you know, I thought, well, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to, you know, what should I do? I still need to earn money. Um, you know, in a way, the film industry, your eggs are in one basket, unless you've got other areas of investment, but it takes up a lot of your time. Uh, you kind of sacrifice a lot of your social engagements because uh, the shoot needs to get done. Yeah. Uh, even if they're paying you for overtime, it's not like you can just, you know, there goes my Foles tickets or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to have a very understanding partner. You know, it's just yeah, like, they get it. <laughs> they get it, you have parties at their friends' houses, done, stood up. Band practice. I mean, I played in a band when I was a runner, and the amount of times I, I missed band practice because I just couldn't get there, and they mm. were just like, "Oh, this kind of sucks." Okay, well, it's not going to go on. So, but yeah, nice. All right. So, the directing. If 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 it was always the case that you wanted to to kind of be directing, when you were running, did you ever kind of go right? I'm gonna. I'm going to, you know, what was your process of, of, of the transition from running to directing? Was it, uh, that's it, I'm stopping running, I'm now going to fully direct? Or was there a sense of, right, I'm going to do a bit of running, you know, two days a week, do something three days a week? You know, what was that process like? 
Um, that I think there, there does come a stage where you have to just start calling yourself a director, not only for yourself and your belief, but for the people around you um, to know that, okay, this guy's serious about it. The, the transition, there was definitely crossover. Um, you know, the directing thing, it's there's such a process to it. You know, mm. the, the, the pitch and actually being chosen because you were real to even get on a pitch, mm. whether it be a music video with the artist or whether it be a commercial, the agency is still going to be aware of you, whether that's through the production company or just, you know, word of mouth or whatever. But it, yeah, I think it is, it's, um, it becomes, you know, you got to pay the rent and the running thing. I, I think I let it ride for quite a bit. I was lucky enough to get into a bit of sound uh, with Howie Nickel and, and Patty O. And they were love really that good guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boom, those I remember guys. those days. Yeah, it's good. I mean, geez, it's so good. It felt like the other day, but um, yeah, they were really good because they were understanding how he was super understanding of my um, directing aspirations. So it wasn't nice. like he wanted me to you know be his boom operator and 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 that's it like i can't accept anything else so he mm. you know i think he's a sensible man he had a few different boom ups so if, if he would check me out if i wanted to do it i think he was very fair and things like that so that definitely helped i think with running you had to more you had to work more days in the week just because yeah. of the lower rate but with boom upping once i made that move um it was kind of cool because i could do maybe two days a week and then i could work on shooting stuff and, and I had a bit more time to execute the directing things, which do take time anyway, just from concept mm. to execution. And that concept, just talk us through your process of coming up with, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll pick a niche. We'll just say music videos. You know, you get a track, you get the tagline or what, you know, a little bit of a concept. What, how do you start that process? Yeah, that, it's probably a process that a lot of people who don't understand directing would, yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot more to directing than just being on set. So that process does start with receiving a brief and accepting it and going, okay, cool. This is something I, I want to do and I can feel I can really elevate this and bring it to life. So I'm going to have a crack at it. Um, you know, it starts with what it might be the brief, but it might be the song. Sometimes you can pitch off brief and take a chance, but a lot of the time, what is, label, sorry, what does pitching uh, off brief mean? As in, they don't have an well, idea they, and you'll just make it up. You, yeah, exactly. If they say to you, well, we want to, you know, we want a performance thing with lots of choreography and we want to shoot on a rooftop in Miami, and you'd be like, uh, actually, let's, you know, let's use those bouncing cars, those hydraulic whips, um, and let's shoot in a little Cuba, which is a bit more gritty and textured part of Miami. That's kind of off brief. I mean, Miami, I'm just using a reference because it's not like you can, particularly pitch another city uh, if they've given you Miami in the brief yeah, yeah. probably the schedule or they're on tour or something mm -hmm. and you're kind of going in there to help you know just use a day to make a shoot while they carry on with the tour but yeah I think there's you know we've learned you, you learn lessons by doing stuff like that if you really believe in the idea it's you know you, you can have a crack at that but I think in terms of pitching on brief which is the safer more sensible option a lot of times it's normally marketing at the label I've had that they understand what they want from this video in terms of a visual aesthetic that can be tied into socials and broader campaigns behind the track or the album launch. So you going in with your wild card doesn't just might waste two days of your time. Yeah. So it's like, I want to dress Calvin Harris up like a goth and have him in the fires of hell. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure that's going to be. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. This guy's crazy. That might work, but no, maybe in a Marilyn Manson video. Because yeah. yeah. that's, you know, I look at, I look at, 
the 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 generation growing up around me and it was like what 20 2014 you win the award and i'm like that's fucking you know it's like that's fucking great up on stage you know was that like a real big moment for you then personally winning that the the, the um the, the music yeah 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 it was huge i mean it was good for us and the company for me it was just amazing because I don't think, you know, there's awards, you know, there's, I, I just feel like, I didn't really feel like I was directed until that point. It's weird because okay. you, you spend so much time trying to get there. And, and you know, I, I was obviously a music video director and, I, you know, whether I still love that whole aspect of it. And I'm not saying it's less of a director than anything, but I think it was just such an overwhelming moment and such a nice, uh, an amazing achievement because, you know, we, we submit work every every year to UKMBAs and it's not a, it, the, the competition's big, man. That, that stuff that wins is really good. It stands mm-hmm. out. You look at and you go like, you know, obviously you look at it and you go, that's really good work regardless of the budget or the favors that a director might have pulled for VFX or what's, what's, you know, it's just, you look at the, the level of work coming out of there and what actually makes the shortlist. A lot of the time you're actually just fucking stoked to make a shortlist if you do with the mm-hmm. So. That was the first year we entered, and that was one of the first videos we did. So it was a great start. And off Amazing. the back of that, it's been, you know, I met some, I got some good attention from commissioners like Caroline Clayton and the Sony lot like Dan Miller. And um, it's, it's just been a good relationship, something that I've thoroughly enjoyed the mm-hmm. whole music video um, kind of framework. Is, is awesome. You know, it's just, it's, it's a bit more cowboy than advertising. Advertising is a bit more streamlined and you comb over everything a lot more mm-hmm. uh, thoroughly and you know what you're doing by the time you get to set and you know what you need to do is board it when you're in the edit. And it's a bit more linear, but with music videos, it is, it's a bit more wild. And, you know, you did can- Did you have an idea with... that you might, you know, did it fit when you were shooting it? Did it feel right? Did it all just click together? Because is it something that that's quite, personal to you in it is that what came across or how what was it about that video you think um, i think that video explored a subculture which you know it, it was shot in south africa it was shot mm-hmm. in johannesburg in soweto which is a township outside johannesburg and i remember um it was for the renegade and yeah, yeah. it, it just Fitted well, and the fast moving feet, which was the basis of the dance uh, of the subculture called Pansula, it is something that I was aware of um, coming from South Africa. And was that um, brief? Was that on brief? Was that off brief? Or how did that one come about? No, it was very much just a, uh, there was no brief in a sense. It was, you know, they, some of these briefs are quite vague, hmm. but they do want color and texture. So a township feels like, you know, the perfect playground to stage performances. And it's something that I've used you know, in various cities throughout the world where I've been lucky enough to shoot. Um, texture is always something I've looked at, you know, not necessarily polished Art Deco style, but just um, rustic type textures. They just, you know, they, they kind of create, make amazing backgrounds for mm. performance, uh, especially dance videos. I think the theme, you know, with that video, it was reassuring because it, it's, it's something that we adopted as a company. We were looking at dance videos being in the UK at that time being a little, you know, there, were, there was some good work, but a lot of them just had a bit, the themes were a bit too real in, you know, they were filmed in council estates and things like that. And, you know, while, whilst they had had a place at that time, we looked at it as opportunity combined with an exchange rate of using the pound to go overseas and kind of looking at 
what natural landscapes could bring to a scene in terms of art. Mm. It felt like, you know, looking at South Africa or looking at Antigua or Jamaica, there's all these natural landscapes around the world. Let's just take a core crew, be it the DP, the producer and the, and the director and go over and, and um, explore some subcultures, whether it be dance or, you know, this dance has also come up so much with, uh, uh, as a movement, um, not just, you know, obviously in Britain, dance music is so big and there's been huge collaborations with artists and performances. Um, but, you know, going, going in, looking at places like um, Jamaica or South Africa, there was a consular movement and that just felt, you know, like an easy um, fit for what they wanted to achieve on their vague brief, so to speak. You know, did you have to colorful. sell it to them or were they, did they just read it and just go, that's it. There it is. That's yeah, of one. course you always have, to, you always have to sell it to them. I think that's where your character comes out, you know, how you sell something, whether it be a treatment or a conversation or being in a room. Um, I enjoy that, you know, talking about your idea and, and encouraging people to believe, inspiring people to believe in it. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a part of the process. It's part of that pitch process. Um, and you can, you can pitch in various ways. Like I've, I've put a one page treatment in where it's just, uh, a video of a guy holding onto a car and the car spinning. And yeah, that was for another video in Cape Town, but I remember sending it in and, and they were like, the, um, the commissioner wrote back, uh, this is fully dope. Let's do it. <laughs> so I think that was like <laughs> one page in like minutes. So Should like, they be like a hundred pages long with like 6,000 yeah. images and you know. Yeah. Sometimes you can, you know, you don't need to say a lot because what you've got says a lot and you can kind of see it. Um, mm. And, you know, the same was with, I mean, obviously my treatments have evolved so much as with anyone um, in the industry, year by year, you, you gain experience and develop a style with that pitching or shooting. With that one, it was just exciting because it, I would want, it was the first time I shot in a township in Soweto and it was just such a cool dance crew. They were the shakers and the movers. Were they um, from there or did you have to, you know, get approvals from people to shoot in the place or was it just an easy sell to actually film a location? Yeah, it was relatively easy. It was the it was more dangerous than it was mm. um, easy because it was a township. Um, you know, we were rolling in on a limited music video budget. We couldn't afford huge um, security and stuff. We didn't have the label on set. I think the commissioner was there, but yeah, there wasn't. You know, there wasn't security. We were rolling no. in on recce's, like going in day by day, holding cameras around. So you know, I I know all too well that um, things can change quite quickly in mm. countries like that um, but yeah we just had our wits about us and we were quite sensible one it's one of the things i've done in using subcultures in films is i've always tried to incorporate you know the broader community as cast nice. uh, whether they're just standing there and, and and doing that kind of ring fences you in a lot of ways it also mm. it's not like you're just running in shooting some stuff and moving out it's it's making them a part of the process which is you get a lot more from everyone if you do that if you feel like it's a group effort um and it's something we've I've done numerous shoots now, especially the video sense. And you're saying that you, you're kind of your process is has evolved right in treatments. Have you evolved as a director as well? And what what evolution has happened? Yeah, the evolution has been you know after loving music videos and spending a few years doing a lot and you know moving into performance, working with um, artists who perform like Tiny Tempo. Um, I think those, right. you know, you, you learn how to shoot a performance. And I think as much as you choreograph dance crews or give an artist direction, the camera becomes an additional kind of piece or subject in that scene. And 
Mm. And uh, I've enjoyed the relationship for the balance of movement, be that through the subject or how the camera captures a scene. I've enjoyed doing that. I think we can get away with more abstract framing now. Um, but is it like the cameraman's the kind of surfer and the, the cast that are waved? Is that, you know, you've just got to figure out where your peak are, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's just about finding a bit of a rhythm. Um, yeah, sometimes, and in music videos, you have that. You have that scope to be a bit more playful and go, okay, well, cool, that worked. Let's try this. And, you know, I find advertising is sometimes a bit more rigid where, mm. you know, unless you've got a creative who's on board with being yeah, yeah. flexible, sometimes they don't understand why you're shooting this, even though um, it's something you built to or you, you moved into and you, mm. you feel like, okay, we shot this and it was good what was on the board, but actually let's try to cover this. You know, there's time constraints, there's various things, the forces yeah. that might pull against you having that flexibility, but I always try to fight for that up front. Um, I think it's, it's quite a useful thing to have just because it's worked so well with music videos and it's not always a good thing, right? The but flexibility. Learn, I guess, the flexibility, but it's like, it's one of those that you're like, you're learning your, your, your ability to think on your feet, especially if you're at the top of the pyramid, that creative pyramid. If you can't think on your feet, no decisions can be made. And then that trickle down, everyone's just like, right, well, okay, well, let's go have a cup of tea while he thinks about what we're doing. That that can only yeah. be a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's part of the talent. I mean, everyone does look at you when there's time to make decisions or, you know, when you have to lose shots, when the schedule's slipping, you know that. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. mate, we've got to start losing stuff at the end of the day. It's looking really heavy. I mean, <laughs> you and I have had some of those yeah, conversations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah I think you're the, I did the most shot. We did like... I think it was one. It was like over forty boards on a in a day. And I was like, "How is that?" You know, in prep, and I'm like, "Look, I'd love to say that we can definitely do this, but you kind of, I've got to be realistic. It's like seven minutes of board, and you're like, "Yeah, we'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. We it's just keep cool. moving. Like, Smashed it. Boom. This, uh, yeah, somehow. Then you know, those type of days, you just always have, you have a slow start, and you're yeah. literally like an hour behind before you've even turned over. You're like. Uh, Jeez, that, so that conversation, I can just see you looking at me going, uh, let's talk about some of the stuff at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, no, we'll be fine. We'll make it up. We'll make it up. What? Uh, so we'll do four minutes for a shot. That's interesting. Good luck. Turn over. That positive, yeah. yeah, the positive mind, man. It does a lot. Now, you know, you've been on set and you, as you said, you've kind of, you've seen all of those bigger directors when you were growing up, like the big boys, those having the thing on your feet. Did Was there ever a point, a lightning bolt, when you were kind of doing it yourself and you're like, okay i'm here this is me i'm i feel you know you kind of say that winning the award made you feel like a director but was it that job that you were on that you suddenly went yeah i am i'm, I'm doing it now this is it um yeah i think if you move to I mean, advertising definitely there's just so much more people around you and there's mm. you know you've got a lot more toys the budget's a little bit bigger so you do feel like jeez this is this is pretty cool. Can uh, let's let's move that there. Let's do this there. Let's get actually let's get a crane. You know, this Two is cranes. Cool. Yeah. Two cranes. Yeah. One for one for me to sit on, and the other for the, for the camera. <laughs> but yeah, it is. I mean, with that comes a lot of responsibility. And yeah. as you say, when, when things, not only just on the money being spent, but the expectation, and you know, when things are, and you know, we we all know what being on a film set is like. Or mm. on a shoot, there's gonna be fires like popping up not literally fires, but there's going to be things that happen and it's how yeah, you yeah. deal with that, that that allows you to keep the energy of the of the crew and you know, you're, you're very well versed in that. Um, but it's about how you move forward and still get what you want because you've only got that one opportunity to, to capture stuff that you then take to the editor. It's such an important thing to get 
just shoot and get options because that allows you to have the assets to have the flexibility in the edit or nice. whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, and that's another part where you think, geez, I've made it. I mean, you sit in some of those edit suites in Soho, those kind of great suites, and they're, they're pretty cushy. You're like, geez, <laughs> this is pretty cool, man. I'll have <laughs> another double macchiato, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's amazing. But yeah, you, you, it's just also the whole combination of, you know, coming from South Africa and you being in, in a place like London and being able to collaborate with amazing people from the crew side to post-production to mm. shooting side to agencies. I think that is when you realize, yeah, you, you, you kind of made it. But, you know, I think I'm, I'm always evolving. I don't necessarily think I've made it. It's not something that I... Yeah, yeah. I'm always thinking I can be better, and I'm always looking at other people's work and looking at what they do and going, "Wow, this is pretty cool." They're trying new techniques, and um, I'm encouraged by the competition out there. So I nice. don't necessarily think I've made. I'll never be complacent because yeah. I love, I love, I love a challenge, and let's see where it takes us because it is interesting what's going on around us right now. Hmm. Not only well, just let's the talk lockdown, about that. The, let's let's you know we've kind of touched base on the. The directing hat, you know, as you said, you're you're a, you're a part owner of a of a production company. Let's just put that hat back. Let's put that hat on and just kind of talk us through. Have you, you know, did the directing help you become comfortable in that role? Or is it just something that you're like, oh shit, I'm a fucking company owner now? What you know? How you? What was that process like? I mean, the process has been good. The journey's been great. It's been with two very good friends. You know, we were. Uh, Sasha and Francis, we were runners together. Yeah, we were we were just always quite respectful and, and encouraging of each other. As when we all knew we wanted to be directors, we were all shooting. I think that's what differentiated us from from other people who are on set with us. Because you always get youngsters who want to be a director, but you ask them what they've shot and they haven't shot anything. So mm. until you start shooting, it's it's you know your your journey hasn't yet begun because mm. that shooting is such an integral part of developing a style that will go on to make you a valuable asset on, on a roster somewhere and mm. you'll have a place. Um, but yeah, I think with, with, yeah, with Francis and, and Sasha, it was just, a, it's just been an amazing journey because it's, it's not a dynamic that essentially should work being a creative led company, you know, mm. three directors. I mean, we started, it was just hard. You know, we, the first few music videos, we, there was no way we were making profit. We're three creatives going, <laughs> putting everything on screen. I'm putting yeah, my yeah. fee, I'm putting everything. It's going to be awesome. Like, okay, styling's out of money. Yeah, take, take, let's make it better. Let's do this. It's like, you know, we needed someone like Toby Walsham who joined uh, a few years yeah, ago to legend. come in and go, okay, guys, like this is, you guys got something cool. It's a cool brand here, but you need to, you need to be thinking better. And he's been great. He's been such a good balance for us mm. as, as three creatives. Um, and we've allowed him to, we trusted him to kind of take it forward and, yeah, no. it's, it's just, yeah, we feel quite lucky because the dynamic's good. It's like a little brotherhood. Obviously, the, the name says what it is on the tin. We're familiar. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, it's been great. Boom. Well, look, we're kind of, we start getting close to the 45 and I don't want to miss anything. So if I, I, I haven't done this much, but if, if roles were reversed and you were asking me questions about directing, what question have I missed? What should I have asked? What's the important thing that I've kind of, missed it here yeah i think i mean you we've covered we've covered some good ground i think there is you know there's a lot more i'd say one of the misperceptions or misunderstandings and this might not be for everyone but this is if, if someone coming up there is a lot more to directing than just being on 
on set. You know, you've got to play a game that has a few different hats. Um, mm. And at various stages in that process from pitching through to completing a job, um, there's so many ways, there's so many variables, and it's how you manage those either people or creative elements and layers that ultimately get shaped into what is achieved on a shoot day and into the film. But I think that's that's something that I would ask is just you know, a, a, a better roadmap for the process from start to finish. Because it's always great being on set and that's that's yeah. all the experience I got from you know, learning from directors on set. But um, I spent a bit of time in-house at RSA and it was so good to see how treatments were nice. you know, put together and the support structures in place for the pitching process. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't how did you get post-experience? Well, that's the thing. I didn't really have any post experience until I got to those lovely edit suites in Soho. Where I sat back on the sofa and thought, "Jeez, I've made it. This is amazing." Were they heated? Um, Was there like a massage chair as well? I always picture them as like uh, no, big this... massage chairs. If like, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, maybe in the maybe in the big directors' suites, <laughs> or the big editors' suites, but. Um, yeah, I think that that part of the process is something equally you could tap into um, making teas. Um, you know, Toby came from the post side of things. Yeah. Um, another, our, our head of music, Ryan Morgan, you know, familiar. He came from the post side of things. And I think it teaches you different skills. You know, it teaches you great client service. You know, how to speak, how to handle people because you are always there. Um, it's it's literally like looking after a video village in a post suite. You know, I mean, they're all sitting. Yeah, yeah. Someone might be on set, but it's a lot more plush and. And the vibe is good normally. Um, but yeah, so I think there's, you know, there's all that. And I think as having a company, you just, you know, that's a different element because you understand the mechanics or you need to understand the mechanics of how the whole industry works as a whole. Um, and that's been quite a valuable thing, being on the front line. You know, I think one of the things, one of the first, one of the reasons we wanted to start Familiar is because we've, we, myself, Francis and Sasha, felt we didn't have much control um, as directors on a roster, you know, as junior directors, you know, you're very, um, you, you're very proud of the reel you have when you first mm. start out because it's the yeah. first films you start making. You're like, this is amazing, and you're quite proud. But anyone with a trained eye is looking at it, going, yeah, they can see if it's got something, and, and you're awesome, mm. or they can look at it and go, mm, you know, it's not really good. But you, you soon realize you have to keep shooting and keep developing your style, and even stuff that you shot last year has had a tendency to feel old if, if factors around it change. Now, as a company owner, and you're looking at you know directors coming onto your roster, what is it about their reel that you go, oh yeah? Is there something that has to like strike a chord with you, or are you looking at the at the final product and going, nice, good camera, good light? You know, what is it for you then that would have made your CV stick out to you now, your show reel? Sorry. Yeah, I think just being being bold and and. And going for visual work, you know, look, a lot of the time it's it's also up to the client what what they might want, and obviously they're paying for it. But that mm. doesn't mean you can't make an epic director's cut, which has all the elements you want, and you can mess with the footage a bit more and and create something amazing. I think when you know we we do get sent quite a bit of reels of of people directors wanting to join our roster or company, but you know the ones that stand out. There's something there, and you can see it. It's the same as watching someone who picks up a guitar. Yeah. And they can bash out old campfire tunes and you go, well, you can play guitar or you can sit there just mesmerize and go, fuck, you know, this guy's amazing. Like, how's that voice or his finger work on the guitar? The same, you know, with, with most art forms, it's understanding what it takes to 
complete a film and the whole mm. journey, when you see something good, you can either dissect it and go, well, how did they achieve that? Look at these techniques, these camera transitions, because that you know, takes a bit of explaining to, to at least communicate what you intend to do if you're not pulling the trigger or handling the, the keyboard in a flame suite or whatever. But yeah, you, you can see when someone's got creativity and vision, and I think we really value that because that ultimately is a style that's going to stand out. And, and um, you know, with our support structures of familiar and our production team, we can normally, or we can get people onto pitches that, you know, we can reassure agencies or labels that this is the right person for the job, give them a chance mm -hmm. and go with it like that. But yeah, I think also, the, you know, it's a, it's a response. It's been quite fun curating a roster at Familiar. You know, ultimately, mm -hmm. It's a business, and you know we we value our talent. We look we our talent, and we look after them. Um, and I'm proud to have a place amongst some of the, the guys on our roster because there's some good, good 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 directors, good guys and girls on our on our roster from you know various parts of the world. But um, yeah, it's about having a balance as a company, as a brand. You know, we've got a certain aesthetic that we value because clients come to us because of that. What they mm. expect from our films and our storytellers or directors. But the yeah, the curation of it is kind of fun. You know, nice. we're not gonna load Have you found like the thing. young Craig? Have you gone, that's fucking me? That was me fucking ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guys that are doing surfing and dog. I mean, some of the surfing stuff. I know it's like with Frankie, he's he just loves his motorbike stuff as well. So oh, yeah. um, but yeah, I always look at and he look at like someone who shot a surfing scene and I just love it. I wish I was shooting that and you're like stuck on some something being somewhere else but yeah we always pinch ourselves because even when it's stressful it's just such a cool job to be in mm. and now last last couple of questions because I know your time is precious um, I always like to end on the same two just to kind of get a sense of where the difference of people lie and all that kind of stuff so the first first question would be you're now talking to your younger you can be whenever i don't mind whether before you came over to london halfway in your running career at some point just a little nugget of advice and then we'll do the shout out so what's your advice for your younger self i would just tell me to shoot more having you know i started i got into it relatively late um but yeah i would say just shoot just pick up a camera or hustle and just go start shooting because I think we touched on it where, you know, your work, your work, your real is everything. Um, mm. And the sooner you can start of develop a style, um, the, the, the better you'll understand the direction you want to go in within this industry. And then yeah, I think just, you know, be nice to people, meet people, uh, work hard. Um, ultimately, the contacts in this industry are your currency. So it's always going to come back around. Uh, those people will move up. And it's a, it's a, it's a big old industry in, in Europe and England, but it's also kind of small. Yeah. It's always good to bump into people, but yeah, I would just get busy, just get on it and go for it because I think you just put your ego aside, put your doubts about yourself aside, just shoot, hustle your way in, try to get backstage with a band, shoot some documentaries with them. I don't know, just, just keep busy. I think it was always a bit quite polite as a youngster, and I think that, that did well for me. But in, in a sense, I always look at I look at some of the young directors, um, even on our roster, and you know they just get to make a film out of nothing because they've just got this appetite for it and this mm. kind of creative intuition that just can be able to tell a story even if you drag it out I mean, there's some wonderful stuff out there that is not exactly complicated mm. but it's just done really well so i think the sooner you can just pull the trigger and just get busy the sooner you might become you'll get to where you want to be Boom. 
There you go, next gen. So now the floor is yours. <laughs> I step away from the microphone. I go to the back of the room. I give you your applause. You're up on stage again. It's 2014. Who are you saying thanks to? What's your shout? Who's your shout outs? Um, <laughs> I'm <back on> stage. <laughs> I mean, just I've seen you fucking speechless. <laughs> I'm gonna thank God. No, I'm not. Um, but yeah, um, that's just so many people to thank. I think I've had just such a cool journey through. I haven't necessarily come the shortest way to being a director, but these, um, yeah, it's just from the crew, from the people I've met, the people that supported me. Yeah, it's just been. It's been awesome because it's always good to bump into them. You can, you know, it's it's weird, even yourself, man. You, you, it's so good when you do eventually. Well, our, our kind of paths cross, and we're able to work on a job together. The mm. same with other people like Chris or Howie. You know, just getting in the room with those type of guys again. It's so good. You just have a good laugh, and a good time. Do you um, feel so like you're gonna, you're like you're gonna make a cup of tea from? You're like, oh shit, now I'm directed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's gonna do? I yeah, get you a coffee. I get your own coffee. I mean, this is good. Chris, Chris first did a job with me recently. This is so good. When we had so much fun, I think Toby is just like, God, you need to concentrate. We're just laughing and telling stories. And, yeah, it was good. Yeah, seven. I think we had six minutes per shot. There were like forty-five boards. There we go. There it is. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> oh, amazing, yeah. dude. Look, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for becoming a film god that you were you were already, but you're now an official Spotify Apple Podcast film god. Oh, that's been good. Yeah, thanks for having me as this guy, man. Good Pleasure. to catch up. It's easy talking to you. Um, and you, you, are you going to do that rap live? The one you finished, man. I was wondering how you did that. <laughs> I just yeah. brought it in. So that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. Right. With a shout at the end, so you Ooh. all know the name. It's the Phil God's podcast. And the what? The Phil God's go. podcast. <laughs> in and out. Awesome, man. Right, well, look, ladies and gents, film family, thank you for listening. Subscribe, share, send this out to anyone that you think will get a benefit from it which will probably be every single person on the fucking planet so share it send it out and until we meet again film family that is a wrap So that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast.